Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. You're listening to the JT The Brick Show, where the Raider Nation has come to sound off and react for over 20 years. It's time for JT The Brick. How are we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? What do we want to talk about with the Raiders? So I want to see an interception. I want to see some bats. Third down and five on the 25. Wilson back to pass. Crosby in his face. Grabs Wilson around the shoulders and swings him down at the 34. Crosby with his second sack of the game. And the Raiders defense gets a stop. And then your boy JT got it right. JT the Brick. Always, always great to be with the Brick. I don't spend a lot of time on teams that don't make the playoffs. We talk about what matters in championships and winning here. It's big boy radio. You know, playing fast has always been fun for me, and I enjoy it when there's time, and there's a time and a place for it. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT, we start a new day here. What day is it as I look at the newspaper? It's Wednesday. It's Danny's birthday. He's running the show. I appreciate that. Happy birthday as we open it up, and we're ready to go today. It's Insider Day today. Very proud of the show we put together with our team today. Really proud of this because we think you'll, you won't find content like this, and it has nothing to do with me. It's the guest on any other flagship in the NFL. We have Richie Incognito, former four-time Pro Bowl offensive lineman at the bottom of the hour. We have Bill Williamson, who's been covering the Raiders actively longer than anyone. Longer than anyone. So Bill Williamson will also have Vinny Bonsignor. He's going to join us. And then Greg Bedard, arguably 1 or 1A, the best New England Patriot insider out there. So those are the four guests I got. They're second to none. They'll be great. We'll dive deeply into the Patriots and the matchup against the Raiders. So this is an interesting week. There's a lot happening. Las Vegas ball in town. Raiders have a home game. You might have a holiday party. There's a lot going on. Everybody's really busy. It's cold out. It was 32 degrees. 32 when I got up today. I screenshot it. I tweeted it out there. And it's been. it's one of those times now we're trying not to get to the finish line. On Raider Nation Radio. I don't like doing Raiders Radio in March, April, May, and June. I do sports talk. I got five hours I got to fill a day. I'm not going to do it on some backup tight end who might make the team. Not here. Never has. I'm going to do Raiders when Raiders matter. And the Raiders really matter. Raiders matter all year round because there's always news. There's always news on the Raiders. But I'm not going to sit here and overindulge every day the Raiders in the offseason. I got LeBron James. I got other things. I got baseball. I got other things to do. And we'll always talk Raiders when there's breaking news or something important. I am in the heart of Raiders radio right now, and we have a sense of urgency today. We have to beat the Patriots. Who's we? Am I on the team? No, I'm not on the team. But I anchor middays on Raider Nation radio. So that's we. We're the flagship of the team. We got to win this game. Now, there are guys in the press box laughing at me. You know, JT's too close. JT's not in the locker room. JT says we. Who cares about those numbskulls? We care about this show and the access that I bring to you and the passion that I bring to you. That's all we care about. I can't control the trolls, anybody who's jealous, anybody who want my job, whatever it is. Okay? I am really locked in for this game. I told you, this is the game of the year for me. This was the game of the year for me when the schedule came out. Prime time, they took it away. Playoffs, kind of losing any shot at the playoffs. After this one, there's no more playoffs if you don't win. There's no more, hey, we need help stuff, which I don't like we need help radio. It's lame. It's lame. We need help from other teams to lose. 
control your destiny. But when you get to this point in the year, mathematically, if you're not eliminated, you got to talk about that. Mathematically, the Raiders have a chance. And if the Raiders beat the Rams where I was there, I was there at SoFi, if they beat the Rams, I think they would have made the playoffs. I really do. They would have won four in a row. I have them beating the Patriots. That would have been five in a row. And they were heading to Pittsburgh for the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Deception. I think they would have won six in a row. I really do. Then I don't, I don't know if they can beat the Niners. Brock Purdy is helping us, not hurting us. We've got a good chance. Brock Purdy versus Derek Carr. And then Kansas City, we could have caught a miracle because Kansas City might not need the game. They might not need the game. They might be the two seed, can't catch in Buffalo. So not, all that's blown up because Baker Mayfield went 98 yards. Baker went 98 yards. And guess who told you he was good on this entire market of Vegas? Me. Only one. I'm the guy. I told you. Told you five years ago Baker was great. Heisman Trophy. Baker's this. Baker's that. I love Baker. My son goes to Oklahoma. Baker got a statue. I'm the guy who told you how good Baker was. He went 98 yards. 98 without a timeout. Pitch and catch. Pitch and catch all over the place. That has taken me days to get over. I was super angry on Monday. I think I calmed down a little bit yesterday. I think I should calm down more here in the monologue. I really want to win this game for the Raider Nation. I really want to win this game. To me, it would be a great holiday gift to the flagship of the Raiders, all my peers I work with here. I think it would be a gift for you Raider fans who went through a bunch this year. A lot of tough things happened this year. And I think it could be a building block towards the end of the season and next year because I think you want to beat your mentor. That's really my topic. I sit down with the head coach tomorrow. And we're going to talk a little bit about the, the Patriots and the Raiders, but this is a big one. If Josh McDaniel's sitting in the chair across from me, going up against Bill Belichick, I think you'd all agree that's pretty big. This is his mentor, the guy he owes everything to, the guy who gave him a platform to have six Super Bowls. Same with Dave Ziegler. Even though Dave was in Denver, other stops along the way, when you look at this, this is the game that I would like to see Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels win. I root for those guys. I want them to win. They're going to be here. They're good. They have a great track record, but you don't see that track record because you don't care about their track record. You care about every game, win or loss. That's all you care about, and I know my audience better than anybody. So I know when I talked to Dave Ziegler, or I was at the Raiders holiday party, I spent a half hour with Rob Ryan, and Rob Ryan took me on a deep rabbit hole dive into his coaching career, Buddy Ryan, his relationship to Josh McDaniels, a whole bunch of other things I wasn't aware of. So I brought that knowledge now going forward on what they're trying to do, the plan, the plan. I should write a book, the plan. What's the plan? I knew the plan for Gruden and Mayock. I knew the plan for Reggie and Jack. I knew the plan for Lane Kiffin. I had a really good idea of Dennis Allen's and Norv Turner's plan and all the coaches that I worked for over my career. This plan is rock solid. The plan is, but the execution has not been good. It hasn't been good, and that's being kind. So they have an opportunity now in this game to quiet all their critics. Why'd they get hired? Why'd they come here? Who are they? What's their plan? Oh, they beat their mentor? They beat them as they're trying to get it to the playoffs? Everybody came together. They put together a really good game plan. They played more aggressive. They came off a loss proving that their practice habits and their film study works. Big game. Right? Doesn't all that come into play? And the Raiders are in every single game this year other than New Orleans. Every other game this year has been, for some teams, the opponent's been a classic. Like Arizona is going to put that in their top 10 games of all time. All time. Kyler Murray. And the Cardinals go back to St. Louis with Jim Hart. Top 10 game of all time. Jacksonville. 
The only time they've ever done what they did. Only time ever. How long have they been a franchise? Dating back to Mark Brunel, Tom Coughlin, they've never come back from 17 down at the half and win a game. So they had a classic game. New Orleans, one of the best wins of Dennis Allen's career, no debate. Dennis Allen's not a successful head coach. He shut out the Raiders. Derek Carr didn't get past midfield. Didn't get past midfield. It was a classic for Dennis Allen. And then the Baker Mayfield game. It wasn't a classic for Sean McVay. He's won the Super Bowl. He's won the Super Bowl. It was a regular season game, but for Baker Mayfield, that will go down in history. There will be no quarterback who will go 98 yards uh, two minutes ago with no timeouts. He's got that record. It's been 40 years. He's got that. So why can't the Raiders have a game like that against New England? Where's the Raiders' classic this year? The Charger victory was really good. They could have beat Kansas City. They lost by one. That could have been a classic, the way the Raiders have beaten Kansas City a handful of times. That would have been real good. The Houston game, whew, that was a stinker. They won the game, but who, who, who remembers that game? I can't remember a play from the Houston game. Houston game didn't matter. They were supposed to win that coming off the bye week. This could be a classic. This needs to be great. Everybody needs to be at the top of their game. Am I the only one saying this on the radio? I know they're saying it in the building. I was in the building two days this week. They believe it. Do you believe it in the Raider Nation? I often say, Raider Nation, unite. Do you believe, and if you believe the season is lost, you can call in, but if you believe there's something left in the season and this game is up to the magnitude that I'm pitching to you, sound off like you got a pair. Let's go. We're NFL flagship station. There's only 32 of them in the world. We're one of them in Vegas. We have to elevate our game for these games because that's what they do on WEEI in Boston and the Sports Hub in Boston. They also have the Celtics, the Bruins. That's big boy radio, as I often say. We're little boy radio. For decades, all they had was UNLV football and basketball. Thank God I had a national show. I never would have did 20 years of UNLV basketball and football in this market. I would have been jettisoned to Australia before I do that. We got the Raiders and the Golden Knights. We have a new UNLV football coach, Kevin Kruger's fantastic. We have the rodeo. We have big fights. We have Dana White, who listens to the show in UFC. We got a lot going on here. But we have the Raiders. We have an NFL franchise in the building. And we have to treat that brand the way it should be at a very high NFL level. So today we begin the show with these A-list guests. And we're trying to figure out how the Raiders win a game. Now, a lot of this year has been worst-case scenario. What's the best-case scenario? Best-case scenario is you win the game. What's the worst-case scenario? You blow a 17-point lead. We can't have that. Okay, please, no more. No more, we're up 13, and then they lose. None of that. That can't happen in this game. So what can't happen in this game are two things. They can't blow a lead, and they can't get boat raced. So they can't lose 31-7, to and they can't blow a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. Do we all agree on that? Please, this is not a podcast. This is live. Do we all agree that can't happen? Everything else can happen. They could lose a battle that went back and forth, back and forth, and if they lose, they lose to a better team. You tip your cap. They blow them out, or they win a tight game where they're in the lead. I don't know what's going to happen, but you're supposed to tell me what you want to see. So that's what we open up the show with today. And I really, I don't, I, I don't lie, but I exaggerate. And you might think I'm exaggerating. This is the biggest game of the year. It always was. 
because if you don't understand why this is the biggest game of the year, I can't help you. You're all Raider fans. Many of you are smarter than me, much smarter than me. You have degrees, law degrees. You have medical degrees. You're police officers. You're teachers. You're a lot smarter than I am. You have to all understand the magnitude of this game. Because if we ever get to the point on this flagship station, because Mark Davis won't allow it in the building, neither will Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. If we ever get to the point where the players and the fans don't believe that this game is a monster, then we shouldn't be doing this anymore. We should all just check out, go home for the holidays, go do your thing, go do Christmas shopping and get out of here until the new year. We must treat this game the way it should be treated. Las Vegas, City of Entertainment, NFL franchise, great players, pro bowlers, going up against the evil, evil, evil empire that kicked this organization's ass in the tuck rule and has been a dynasty winning six Super Bowls over 20 years. If we don't do that, then just get me off the radio because I failed you miserably. So that's where I'm at today as we open up the show. I love this game. You won't find a guy in that building who wants to win this game more than me. Personally, for the business, for our partners, for our staff, for everybody who works behind the scenes. I'm coming into this game on the pregame show, do or die. Because these guys need to play do or die football. There needs to be a sense of urgency coming off that second half collapse in Los Angeles that everything is going to get fixed. Did it get fixed? We won't know until Sunday night. After the game. But am I opportunistic that it can be fixed and they'll play great and they'll play a good game? Absolutely. I want this game. How bad do you want it is the topic. And if you don't want it at all, please get off the radio today. Go do what you need to do. I know you're going to listen. You don't have to call in. But if you believe, if I can get a handful of people today, my goal in the next hour and 50 minutes, who are as passionate about this game as I am, it will make for a great radio show when I get to your calls. 702-365-9200. That's what I want today. I'm really into this game, man. My son's coming back from college. He's coming with me. My son, driving back from Oklahoma, 19 hours to come to this game. He loves the Raiders. He's got his Max Crosby jersey on. He's going. He's sitting with my wife. I can't wait to see him and give him a hug. Can't wait to take him into this game. Can't wait to take him into this game. Miss my sons. They're in college. They're coming back. They're invested in this team. They want to win. So I'm fired up for this game, and I'm not holding it back. Not holding it back. So, so match my energy today and get me some winners. Get me some winners, not losers who have checked out and rats who have jumped off the ship. Give me some winners who want to be here for the long term and want to get this win, even though you're pissed off and you have the right to be. I understand how upset you are. I'm upset too. Josh McDaniels met the media What's going on with Waller and Renfro? What's going on with Waller and Renfro? All I can do is work off what they tell us. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a trainer. Here's the update. Divine, no, um, just based on the situation relative to, you know, the surgery and those kind of things. So, no, you won't see him out there um, uh, today or this week. Um, Hunter and Darren, uh, you'll see him out there. Uh, So we'll start the clock today. Um, Again, whether or not that's going to turn into activating them to the 53 this week or not. We're going to have to see how the next few days go. I mean, 
Uh, both of them are coming off of, you know, injuries. Um, you know, we haven't really seen them practice in a while in, in regards to how the how those things are going to, you know, respond to those kind of things. So, um, you know, we're going to get them out there. We're going to kind of evaluate how it goes and, um, you know, hopeful, but obviously, you know, we're going to let, you know, their bodies will tell us a lot here as we go through the next three days. All right. This is a very delicate topic for me. Very delicate topic. So I will lightly dance around the Bob Wire fence here. I will lightly bob and weave around this. I talked to an elite Raider alumni today who said, you do whatever you can to play. Period. They did not have short-term IR back in the day. They didn't have the luxury of missing four games and coming back. So a lot of guys back in the day, including the elite alumni I talked to today, told me that if I was injured back in the day, I wouldn't tell anybody because I'd be gone for the year. I played through the worst pain you could ever play for. I felt like I was playing with broken bones. I played. That's old school Raiders. The hint is someone from the 70s. Okay, when guys are healthy to play, it seems like when, when coach said they'll be out there, that means that they'll be out at practice. So if they can't go, if their bodies are breaking down, if they're not physically capable to play, they shouldn't play. They shouldn't play. They're valuable athletes. They have big contracts, Waller and Renfro, and you have to be cautious with them because they're thoroughbreds. If they get hurt again, they're shut down for the year, even though the season is kind of slipping away there. So a lot of people, man, a lot of people want to see these guys get out there and play for this team because there's a lot of guys playing banged up and hurt for this team that aren't on IR and if they come off IR, they'll play. So I'm going to just delicately dance around this in the situation I'm in here because I've always liked Darren. We've had him on the show a bunch. Hunter, fantastic player since he's got here. Went to the Pro Bowl. Okay? And I'm used to the level of excellence now. The level of excellence in this town is Max Crosby. Fortunately, Max Knockwood hasn't been hurt a lot. Max plays. Max plays under duress, triple teams, double teams, and Max is out there. So we'll see what those two individuals do in practice, how they're able to elevate themselves and prove to the coaches that they could play. I will say this delicately. There's been hundreds of players in Raiders history, hundreds, that have played and come off in similar situations, were cleared to practice and played. Hundreds in Raider history that would take this opportunity and get out and play at all cost. If those gentlemen can't because they're hurt and the trainers and the coaches say, you know, you just didn't have that, you didn't have that next level in practice, you're just not ready to go where we want you to go, I'm fine with that. But this is a big week for those two guys. You know what I just said it. All right, more on the Patriots and what's happening here. With the similarities, because Josh McDaniels knows the personnel, a lot of the personnel, and the systems are similar. I mean, it's Josh McDaniels' offense that they're trying to run in New England. Here's what Coach thinks. You know, there's some things, obviously, I, I see that I'm very familiar with. Um, but like always, there's a lot of things that you see from them that, um, you know, they, they've created, they've come up with. Um, they do different things each week against the opponent based on, you know, what they think gives them the best chance to win. Um, and it's very challenging, you know, because, you know, what you see on tape is not necessarily what you're going to get, you know. So um, I think being able to follow your rules and communicate and, uh, you know, whatever you see, you know, you're going to have to be able to handle it, you know. And so um, in many regards, we, we these weeks remind me of uh, training camp, you know, in terms of, hey, we don't know what – 
you know, the defense or the offense or the other side of the ball is going to do. And, you know, you, there's a challenge involved in that. And so we're going to study the players. We're going to try to know the strengths and weaknesses as best, best we can. Uh, certainly we'll know some of the tendencies, but, um, you know, there's some of what I see that I don't really, you know, I don't know, um, you know, on any side of the ball. Uh, and then there's some other things that obviously, obviously I've, I've had some experience with. Josh McDaniels has coached dynasty teams, dynasty teams running the offense for Bill Belichick. This Patriot team is not a dynasty team, okay? It's led by Mac Jones. Judon's a great player. This is not Richard Seymour, Teddy Bruschi, Randy Moss, Tom Brady. Okay, so whatever the scheme is from the Raiders or the scheme for New England, these aren't two of the greatest teams of all time playing each other. Okay, they're not. So figure out the scheme. Use the knowledge that you have and go win the game. And I think Coach McDaniels has an advantage when it comes to the offense, not over Bill Belichick. I'd be nuts to say that. Belichick's the greatest head coach of all time. But I think what Josh McDaniels has an advantage in is Matt Patricia is calling the plays for New England. Josh McDaniels should be able to talk to Patrick Graham and basically say, basically say, I think I know what they're doing here. Patrick Graham, go fix this. Go, go try to cover this. All right, let me uh, start with Big Al in San Francisco. I want to get some callers in before we get to the first break. Big Al, go ahead. Start us off. You know, JT, I was reading this morning online that uh, Waller was going to be designated to be reactivated to play in Sunday's game. And, you know, there's a lot of fanfare because, you know, you know, Waller's just a great athlete and um, and he's a big part of the team. We paid him a lot of money and whatnot. And I'm not going to beat up on Waller too much. But when I hear people talk about tight ends, and, you know, they talk about Waller and they talk about Kelsey and they talk about Kittle. And I just sit there and I'm just like, you want to know something? Yeah, these guys are great athletes. They're nice players. But none of them, not one of the tight ends that are playing in the NFL in the last 15 years could stand up to the toughness that we used to see back, you know, 25, 30 years ago. And some people might think I'm an old fogey when I say that, but I don't really care. There's, none of these guys could stand up to what Dicka did years you know back in the 60s and 70s and especially what mark bavaro did in the 80s mark bavaro was a beast he could not only run if you take a look at him in the films he could he had speed he was athletic but he would crush you physically he would crush you if you were a defensive end trying to chip you know that who he had a chip he wouldn't chip he would crush and if he was going in over the middle and he caught a ball he would crush and people t- remember the uh, the December first, nineteen eighty six game where he carried a bunch of forty ers down the field. I mean, that was typical of Bavar, but he did that all the time. Mm-hmm. And I wish that uh, people, before they start talking about these great tight ends who can catch and run and whatnot, go back and run a few film on, Bav- on Mark Bavar. Mark Bavar, if he didn't get taken out in a nineteen eighty nine game against the Chargers on an illegal hit by um, by a strong safety, Vincey Glenn, who actually ended up playing for the Giants several years later, um, Mark Bavaro will be in the Hall of Fame on roller skates. Mm-hmm. He, he was the prototypical tight end, more so than Gonzalez, right. more so than Kelsey or any of these other guys. He could flat-out ball. And I hope people will take two minutes, look him up, watch the film, and you'll all get it. Thanks, Big Al. Appreciate the call. I will say about Mark Bavaro, I grew up. Going to games where he was playing, uh, he was the toughest tight end I've ever seen. 
but I put Kelsey on that list. I, Kelsey deserves to be on any list. Kelsey has a chance to retire the greatest tight end of all time. And we have Dave Casper, Todd Christensen. What Kelsey's career is amazing. He's tough. He's tough as nails. He's elite. But Mark Bovaro is a good comparison. Rocky Mountain Raider checking in on the flagship today on a Wednesday. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead. How you doing, JT? Doing good. Hey, I'll tell you what, being, being the Rocky Mountain Raider here in Denver, I tell you what, I was so bummed out when the Raiders hired Josh McDaniels until I heard that first press conference and saw a completely different coach than what the Broncos had here. The, honestly, the Raiders, all Raiders fans should love Josh McDaniels forever because he may have set the franchise back for years uh, with his stint in Denver. But with that said, seeing how, how he's changed and his demeanor's changed, I want this win this weekend as much for him as I want it for Raider Nation because – and I'm tired of everybody dogging McDaniels. He's not only is he a uh, a great football mind, but you see the humility that he's approached this head coaching job with. And I just want this for him, you know. And, and the reality is, is if anybody goes and looks at the looks at the stats, Bill Belichick's first several years in Cleveland were a challenge. He was five and eleven, I think, two or three years in a row before he had an eleven and five season. And I think that there's got to be a little bit of patience. We got a great, we have a great roster, and I promise Raider Nation, we're going to see this come together over time with the current roster that we have. So be, be patient, Raider Nation. Let's win one for Josh this week. Appreciate the call. Thanks a lot. Uh, that's a unique call. Haven't heard many of those. Thanks for checking in. 702-365-9200. Richie Incognito will join us coming up next. We're brought to you by PTs. Clearly the best happy hour in town. No debate. Five to seven. Midnight to two. Go for the Golden Knights where the Golden Knights beat the Jets. Six to five. A lot of Golden Knight watch parties over there. Golden Entertainment and PTs. What do the Raiders have to do to win? What are your high-level expectations for this game? I'll ask Richie Incognito coming up next. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Grimaldi's Pizzeria, home of the famous New York-style coal-fired brick oven pizza. JT, back with you as we continue. Richie Incognito. You're going to join us here in a little bit as we open up the show here. Looking forward to taking your calls. Las Vegas Bowl. Get it on coming up with the Florida Gators and Oregon State coming up. It should be fun. Get your tickets at lvbowl.com if you want to get in here. Important weekend. There's a lot happening out here. Everybody should be really excited at the opportunity we have here to talk sports with a couple of big events coming up here in town. Huge events that are going to make a difference here in Vegas. Whenever you got an opportunity to have big events in this town, we want to make sure that you're going to it. And we're going to give away four tickets here in a little bit, and you should be a part of it. So we'll talk to some of the fans that are excited about this, and we'll go from there. 702-365-9200 is the number. 702-365-9200 if you want to get through here. And what is at stake for the Raiders? Well, an opportunity, as we said, against the Chargers, as they beat the Chargers. When the Raiders beat the Chargers, they had an opportunity to knock the Chargers out of the playoffs. The Chargers suffered a loss. They couldn't lose many games. The Chargers bounced back and had a really big win against Miami. Now, I look at New England as we look at the tape this week and we're trying to break down this game to see what's happening here. New England won a game in Arizona that was kind of hand-delivered to them on the third play of the game. Kyler Murray went down. Kyler Murray went down big. He's done for the year. He's into next year. And then they couldn't score. They had nothing going on after that. So the Patriots, as we often say in Vegas, got a free roll. They got a free roll. They shut them out in the second half, and that was it. 
At that point in time, the game was over. So they got the win. The Patriots now have to beat the Raiders. If they're able to beat the Raiders and go back-to-back with this, they're in a really good spot with the rest of their schedule down the stretch here. So I'm fascinated to see what the Patriots look like in this game because when we saw the Patriots earlier this year and we looked at the Patriots in the dual workouts, they looked terrible. But they didn't care about the preseason to the way that you did. All they cared about in the preseason was trying to figure out what they're going to do. They're trying to figure out what they're going to do at that time. And at that time, they were a mess. At that time, they were not in a good situation. And I was very confident after those practices that the Raiders would beat them in the regular season. But we saw what happened with the Raiders so far in this regular season. Now the advantage goes to New England. And the Raiders got to get the advantage back in this game. Four-time Pro Bowl offensive lineman Richie Incognito Kind enough to join us. Richie, JT, this is a big one. I'm thrilled that we have you on. This whole nation needs a sense of urgency for the Raiders to show up and beat the Patriots. How do you see it? Absolutely. I mean, this is a must-win game. I think you know the boys coming off the winning streak were really feeling together, really feeling focused. Uh, they suffered a, a setback against the Rams. But I think the guys feel good. They feel focused. They know what's ahead of them. they got to win out. And, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty much similar circumstances to it was last year. Richie, what do you think has been the big picture this year with these losses? You've played in a lot of big games, and you played injured and tried to come back from injuries. And when you see this team out here, the level of frustration for you as an alumni to see that the losses, the games that were squandered away, could have had a completely different effect on the total goal. Absolutely. I know, you know, big picture, looking at a lot of the games, you know, it's, it's usually one or two plays late in the game that usually signal uh, our impending doom and our collapse. So I think it's just, I think it's just guys locking in, making, making the plays in critical situations, you know, knowing, hey, it's, it's fourth and short, we get off the field, we win the game, or, uh, hey, we've got to make a play here. Um, every time that we need someone to step up and make a really big play, it, it seems like it's went the other way. Richie Incognito joins us. You know, Richie, this offensive line, when you saw the team in the preseason, you knew they were going with young players other than Colt Miller, who was going to be the anchor, and they let go of uh, Alex Leatherwood, and they were going to go with Mumford, a seventh-round pick, and do a mix-and-match early in the season. They were playing with a seven-man rotation until they got it down to this five-man rotation. It took a while, but I think they have the best guys playing there. Can you tell us your view of this process and how the Raiders handled it? Yeah, absolutely. Coming into the season, we knew they were going to get young. Uh, we knew we had Colton at left tackle. Andre had been solidifying the center spot. Um, you know, we, we, we had great tackle depth kind of going into the season. Then Brandon Parker goes down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thayer and uh, Jermaine are over there rotating to solidify who the starter is. So I feel, I feel really good about our two tackle spot and our center spot. I think that those are the guys that hopefully that they can build with going forward. Uh, my issue, uh, being an offensive guard, it, it's been the guard play. Mm-hmm. You know, Alex Bars has stepped in. He played well in stretches. Uh, John Simpson really has kind of just been up and down. You know, Lester Cotton was uh, fighting for a, a starting spot, and uh, now uh, he's no longer on the roster. So I really think that if they can get two big physical guards in there next to Andre, next to Colton, you know, possibly with Jermaine and his contract coming up, I think they'll really be able to run the ball how they want to. They want to slam the ball straight ahead. They want to run duo. They want to run power. They, run, they want to run counter. And uh, a lot of it that they can't do, they can't get downhill on teams. So I don't think they're big enough and physical mm-hmm. enough at guard. So hopefully, big picture offseason, we're looking at three guys locked into their position. 
And then, uh, you know, let Ziggler go make a move, maybe bring in a vet, maybe bring in, uh, you know, a lower-tiered vet, draft some guys, get some competition going. Uh, in the mix also we have Dylan Parham, the rookie, mm-hmm. who I think he's played well in stretches. I think he's a little undersized, but I think going forward, I think he's a great depth piece. And, uh, you know, going forward, you want to find your five starters, and then you want to find your two or three guys who are going to play a lot of snaps for you. Retired four-time Pro Bowl left guard Richie Incognito, part of the Raiders alumni. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Kind enough to join us, brought to you by the M Resort Spa and Casino. You know, Richie played in Buffalo and dating back to the electric company with Juice and going to the great wall that they had in Dallas for Emmett. Every offensive line wants to have a year. Not only Your goal is to win a championship, obviously, but when you have a guy behind you who could lead the league in rushing, like Josh Jacobs is doing, what does that do to the mindset of the unit in the offensive line room, knowing that Josh Jacobs is playing banged up and you can deliver that rushing title? Absolutely. You know, Josh Jacobs is a warrior. If Josh Jacobs can walk, Josh Jacobs can play. He's been battling through some stuff this year, but he's playing at a really high level. And, um, you know, everyone wanted to uh, stress how important the offensive line would be going into the season. We knew it was going to be rotation. And then getting into the season, um, once they found their five or six guys uh, to settle in, those guys really built their identity behind it. They said, listen, if, if we're going to slam Jacob straight ahead, we're going to get physical, we're going to take over the game, we're going to control the line of scrimmage. And uh, it's great because you see it in stretches. You know, you, you see it uh, in Seattle. When they have to go get it, they hand the ball to Josh, he rumbles down the field for 84 yards. Mm-hmm. So I, I really think that building the identity, having a tough runner with Josh, being physical up front, uh, having big bodies in there, some athletic bodies that can move. Uh, it really it, it forms the identity for the entire team. You know, if you can manhandle them in the trenches and then have a, a skilled runner like Josh ripping off big chunks, that's when you really start building some momentum. And I think, I think the guys can see it. I think they've played to that standard in stretches. Uh, now, it's, now it's a process uh, when we're looking to the offseason. Bring some guys in, bolster the offensive line, and keep building that physical presence. Richie Incognito joins us. You know, Richie, when you were trying to get back on the field before you retired, a lot of people, I'm in the building, a lot of people aren't in the building, so they don't know how hard you're working. And fans now are a bit confused, again, about Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller finally coming off IR, how close they are. You're the closest player that can relate to this that I can interview here because you put your passion to try to get on the field again. How difficult is that when the fans don't know they're not behind the scenes and watching you work? You know, it's incredibly difficult. You know, anytime you're faced with uh, an injury, it's, it's one of the most major setbacks you can deal with because you've put in the time, you've put in the effort, you've put in the work with the guys. You get injured, now you're, you're kind of like an outcast. You're over on the side, you're working. Um, and, and coming back from injury is a major deal. You know, Hunter was coming back from a concussion and an oblique injury. Mm-hmm. I've had oblique injuries before. Oblique injuries are miserable. It's similar to a rib injury. Uh, a little bit worse because it's a stabilizing muscle. So pretty much anything you do, that oblique is kicking on. Uh, Walrus was hung up by hamstring. I've dealt with hamstring before, and uh, they're not fun. You know, it's, it's that one thing where, you know, it's always on your mind. you got the hamstring. It's, it's getting tight on you. And, you know, it, one step you feel like you could pull that hamstring. So guys rehabbing, coming back, it's an incredibly tough spot to be in as a player because you're out of the mix. You don't feel like you're with the boys. Um, but then coming back, you know, you, you want to make sure you're close to 100% as you can be when you come back because the the odds are really high that you're going to step on that field and sustain another injury. So uh, it is um, 
it, it, it's an emotional roller coaster. And last year I went through it. You know, I was, I was close enough to play. I was coming back, had a setback, restarted the clock on rehab, working, 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 had another setback, re-injured, you know, ultimately led to my decision to retire. But, um, yeah, I think, I think the injuries and stuff like that is such a, a big part of our game. And fans don't really get to look behind the veil and, mm-hmm. uh, and see exactly what's going on. So these guys are putting in an incredible amount of work. And, uh, you know, basically once they're healed and getting in that 90 to 100% range, they'll, they'll be back. Richie Incognito, as we wrap it up. You know, Richie, this game means a lot to me because I'm a season ticket holder. You've been to the stadium a number of times. This is Belichick, Josh McDaniels. we got a mentorship going here, okay? Josh McDaniels, his success of six Super Bowls, comes through the Bill Belichick tree. So what do you think the coach is going through knowing that he's got to stay composed, put together a game plan, Belichick's on the other sideline, and they've had this great long-term relationship of respect? You know, it's a lot of pressure. It's it's a lot of pressure um, on on Coach McDaniel's and his staff. You know, they're taking the Belichick coaching tree, putting their spin on it, and trying to enact it in Las Vegas. So, what better test than to go up against your mentor? So, um, I know this would be a big week for him. Um, it's it's a great opportunity for us. Go get a win. Can kind of control our destiny a little bit. Uh, get the boys to just focus on hey, one game at a time, one play at a time. Let's get this win. But it should be exciting. You know, they came up, they practiced with us, the Patriots practiced with us in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got to see the facility. So they, they know the inner workings a little bit. So uh, it's, uh, this is fun. You know, this is, this is when you see um, ideas and culture and all that spun off trying to repeat the production and the success, you know, that ultimately the Patriots have. Uh, last one. You've been all over that stadium. I've seen you on sweet visits. You joined us at the Torch on the pregame show a few times. I saw you down there on the screen in the wind club. What is it like when you walk through that insanity? <laughs> you look to the left and there's bottle service. You look to the right. Fans are up there. Then the action is coming literally right at you. You were smiling a couple of games ago. I saw you there. Does it just blow you away as being a former pro bowler to sit with the fans in that perspective watching a game? And on top of it, it's Vegas. Yeah, you know what? I mean, our stadium is great. I tell everybody our stadium is one of a kind. You know, SoFi is great. Jerry World in Dallas is awesome. Mm-hmm. But you walk into those stadiums not on game day, and any team can play there. You walk in to Legion Stadium any day of the week, and it is silver and black, and you know that the Raiders play there. So what a special atmosphere. Being in Las Vegas, you know, it's, it's, it's in my backyard. I live down in Scottsdale, so I get to come up and enjoy a lot of the games. So it's a really special place. The, the, the fans deserve a winner. Uh, taking in the game in the Winfield Club is great, man. There's yeah. uh, a lot of good sights to see, have a drink, and uh, it's special. You know, when the team is coming that way and then they're going to score, I feel like jumping over the, the <laughs> fence and going out there and celebrating with them. <laughs> well, Richie, I hope to see you at the Super Bowl. I got a son who goes to ASU. I'll be out there for Radio Row. We'll get you on and, you know, hope to see you before that. But it's a big game, and when they told me you were coming on, I was thrilled because I just think we need to wake this place up. I think the Raider Nation needs a kick in the butt in a good way. Everybody's got to understand the magnitude of this game and what could happen here. You don't get a chance. You did it because you played in the AFC. You don't get a chance to play Belichick much. You don't get a chance to play the Patriots. You did in the division with Miami. But this is rare to have Belichick play in this building and come out west. Absolutely. It's it's a great opportunity, especially with all the the coaching ties and uh, the philosophical – similarities and differences uh you know this is you know when i played with the dolphins and the bills uh we played 
Brady and Belichick twice a year, and that's the gold standard. That's where you measure your success every season playing in the AFC East. Can we beat the Patriots? Can we split with them? Can we steal one? Can we take two? And, uh, you know, that's a measuring stick. So it's a great measuring stick of success for Coach McDaniels. What I really want to see for Raiders Nation is I want to see the team come together and play a complete game. Yes. I want to see offense scoring points. I want to see defense making plays, getting to the quarterback, turnovers. Uh, special teams is, is, is automatic. We're really blessed right now to have the, the specialists we have. But I just want to see a complete game, and I think Raiders fans want to see that too. I think it's a great opportunity. The boys are focused, so mm-hmm. let's let it ride against the Patriots. Thanks, Richie. Appreciate you coming on. All the best. All right. Thanks, JT. All Bye. right, Richie Incognito. Nice to have him on. CI says, we, we, we. Played for the Bills. Played for Miami. He's a Raider. He loves the Raiders. Like, a lot like Romanowski, who we're going to have on. Bill played and won Super Bowls on other teams, but he considers himself a Raider, which is great. That was brought to you by the M Resort Spawn Casino. All right, quickly... Friday, I'm doing the show from Red Tail at Resorts World. Please come. It's going to be cool. Noon to 2, Resorts World? Are you kidding me? Brought to you by Remy Martin, Modelo, and, of course, Resorts World. We got a three-teamer right there. Three of our big, proud partners here. Bill Williamson will join us next. Been covering the Raiders as long as anyone who's covered the Raiders in the media. He'll join us next with his preview of the game. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Modelo, a proud sponsor of the Raiders and the official beer of fans with the fighting spirit. JT back with you as we continue. France is going to beat Morocco. They're up 2-0. And Argentina-France has a chance to be the most watched sporting event of all time. Of all time, Olympics, Ali, anything. And that should be because you have two of the greatest players of all time. Bill Williamson joins us, elite Raider insider heading into the Patriot game. Uh, Bill, we're going to do some rapid fire. The loss against Baker Mayfield, where do you rank that in your career of covering the team when it comes to worst losses? Well, we've had some uh, candidates, you know, this year. But as far as pure just doesn't make sense. I didn't think it made sense he's even going to play, you know, when he gets claimed 48 hours before the game. And this is, and I tweeted, I think I tweeted on Wednesday, hey, this isn't a starting pitcher getting traded at the deadline where he doesn't miss a, a, a start. This is a, a quarterback, you know, changing everything. And it, it was remarkable. And I, I, you know, so I haven't quite answered your question yet, but I think it will go down as one of the more memorable losses for the Raiders in recent history and most memorable wins for the Rams in recent history. It's just so inconceivable. But again, there's the problem because there's the just Saturday effect as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's kind of two huge contenders, two games that will stick out and really be the story of this season if they don't bounce back and make the playoffs. Those those two games will be remembered for a long time. Bill Williamson joins us. Check out all of his work, silverandblackpride.com. All right, Bill. So I thought that was one of Derek Carr's worst worst halves of his career, period. The numbers prove it. He couldn't find Devontae with no Waller and Renfro there. Why was it so difficult? I know they wanted to run it. I know they were playing conservative with the clock. I would have, too. I would have bled the clock down and not thrown bombs and got off the field three and out there. But I just thought Devontae could have bailed them out several times in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and there was instances where they needed to do that. You know, I mean, at, at, there was a point in that game where, like, okay, they need to make some plays here. They need to, 
you know, get get the clock running in their favor and keep that Rams offense off the field. And and they just didn't do it. And it's a tribute, you know, to the Rams defense because they, they did some things. And but it's also a it's it's a knock on the, the coaching, the play calls as well, and and the execution. And you know, I, I saw a stat in those four games that the Raiders lost. Those you know those four big blown lead games against the Cardinals and the Chiefs and the Jaguars and now the Rams. I think Devontae Adams had no more than seven um, targets in each of those games, and those were lows for them, and they lost all the games. It really comes down to getting the ball to uh, Adams and getting Jacobs over 100 yards. They get those things happening, and, and you know they usually win the game. So I don't know if it's quite as simple as that, but it's certainly those are two nice recipes the Raider wins. Bill Williamson's our guest, Raider insider. So I would – you know, Josh McDaniels, people don't know, started on the defensive side of the ball when he came to the Patriots and became an elite offensive coordinator. No one knows Mac Jones better than Josh McDaniels. Am I correct there? I mean, from the scouting of him to the drafting of him to the development of him. So for Josh McDaniels, he's not Patrick Graham, but he should easily be able to walk in Patrick Graham's room and tell him everything about this guy, his tendencies and all. That should help out the Raiders with their defensive game plan, shouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly an advantage. And certainly that's been happening all week. And they had the long weekend, too, so they, they, they've had some extra time. And, I, again, straying from the question a little bit, but there is an underlying advantage here. The Raiders have 10 days rest. Mm-hmm. The Patriots, you know, playing on Thursday, the Patriots play on Monday. They have six days rest. They've been in Arizona all week. So that's an advantage for the Raiders and for the players and the coaching staff as far as preparation. But, yeah, that certainly is an advantage. But then, you know, um, the Patriots have their own advantages because knowing Bill Belichick, knowing Josh McDaniels' tendencies and nuances so well. So I think in a lot of ways those things will kind of cancel each other out to a certain extent. Bill, I think it's going to be fascinating to see what the Raiders now do on third and short. That's the most fascinating thing for me right now. Everybody wants – I've never seen Raider fans so confused on one topic. When they don't run it on third down, they call me freaking out. How come we didn't run it? It only had to get a yard. And I'm like, oh, really? Okay, let's run it on third down. And tell me about this year at Kansas City, at the Rams needing third down, and they don't even get close. They get buried in the backfield. So even with the guy leading the league in rushing – Getting a yard is tough when you're starting a guy six yards deep in the backfield and the whole building knows you're running it up the middle there. And without Renfro, you could fake that handoff and just throw a little two-yard at a Renfro all day long, but he hasn't been available. Yeah, maybe maybe he's back this week, and that's certainly a uh, you know an element that's been missing. And, you know, I mean, Renfro, I think he missed a game or two before going on the IR this mm-hmm. year. It just doesn't seem like he's been in the mix. And there has been no consistency with him. So that will certainly help, you know, if he gets back. And, you know, I think today we'll get a clue. I know both him and Waller are practicing. If they're both practicing fully today, and I don't know if they will because that's a tough ask after being out for, you know, so many weeks, um, that will be a nice sign to them playing. But, you know, I think it's still very much up in the air whether we'll see them this week. Bill, I find a little pushback on that because a lot of Raider fans are tweeting at me and emailing or texting me, some of them going, how is that possible that someone coming back from IR who's healthy and are, are pro bowlers, how long does it take to get them ready? Well, it, it, it's until they're ready because you, yeah. you, know, you don't do – those are both tricky injuries, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. oblique and hamstring, and you know, they've been out a while. So 
just because they're practicing, that does not mean that they're going to be ready to go, sure. uh, you know, quite yet. And, um, you know, we'll see. I don't want to make any predictions on either one of them because I think it would be unfair. But um, I know that I've been, and I think I mentioned just on your show earlier in the year, I've been interested to see this coaching staff and this training staff, the way they've approached mm-hmm. injuries. And it seems that they've been pretty conservative. So, right. Again, we'll we'll probably get a better feel by on Friday where this thing is heading for both his players. Thank you, Bill. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Always appreciate you. Merry Christmas. See you, JT. You too, Bill. Bill Williamson, uh, silverandblackpride.com, all the work he does. Again, been covering the Raiders 26, 27 years uninterrupted. He has good content there if you're a Raider fan. We want to thank Grimaldi's, best beats I ever had. Just said the other night, right over there in Boca Park. The Grimaldi's right there. The best Caesar salad I've had. The Brooklyn Bridge Pizza is my go-to. They got the Caprese salad. Fantastic. Good wine list. Everything you want's over there at Grimaldi's. Uh, coming up next hour, we're giving four tickets away to the Las Vegas Bowl. Four of them, a four-pack. You want to go to that game, come back next hour.